Hey guys, welcome to the Follow Me Show. This is episode eight, and you're here with your host, Drew and Dee Dee. And we reversed it today. If you're new to the podcast, we talk about the tips and tricks, the do's and don'ts of the modern real estate agent. Anything from contracts to closings to negotiations to referrals to your niche marketing to your niche strategy. marketing strategy, social media. We cover it all on the Follow Me Show. And today we are going to talk about contact to close. So basically, the first time you contact your clients or meet them all the way to the closing table, we're going to take you through that process and what it looks like and all that good jazz. From prospecting to, again, the closing table and also your follow-up after the closing and the sale. Because follow-up, honestly, is the difference between someone buying from you again and you know them going to another agent because honestly the only reason they wouldn't go back to you is a lot of times what a buyers say is that they simply didn't remember your name so yeah, follow up follow is key up. and and it's a different world for buyers and sellers you know they're like you to them you're their realtor yeah. so they don't necessarily like to shop around mm-hmm. it's like once they have a realtor that's it once they've once they've established that connection, then they'll yeah, that's, stay with that's you. usually. I mean, obviously, you you do have people that jump ship, but it's not as common as you would think. Yeah. So okay, well, let's get to it. So. Okay, so con- contact to close. So let me ask you, when you first contact somebody, let, mm-hmm. let's say you get a lead in from Zillow. Yeah. Okay. Um. And you call them. What does that look like? Well, I'm going to back up just a little bit and say from first contact to close starts, like you said, let's say Zillow. So it starts with your prospecting, right? Uh, And that prospecting can be anything from Zillow to email marketing, LinkedIn, word of mouth, in the community, talking to people, however it happens. Yes, a referral, which is always awesome. Um, And so there are a lot of different ways that you're going to prospect. You can inadvertently prospect um, just, again, from a referral or word of mouth and having really... A really big presence, which you guys know we talk about over and over again because omnipresence is key. Yeah. So however it happens, there are a few different ways where you're going to establish a connection with somebody. And it may be vastly different from if you get a Zillow lead-in versus a, uh, a word-of-mouth referral from someone they trust. That's because true. That already establishes a very different relationship because they don't really have a connection to you if it's a Zillow lead, for instance. No, they don't. But... If it's something where someone is saying, hey, I have this really amazing agent that I know, and they would definitely work with you, then that buyer is more inclined to trust that person, and then they trust you. So already you have a different kind of established relationship with them. Oh, Drew's over here making funny faces, guys, so forgive me. (laughs) Okay. So yeah, that right there already sets a different tone. So again, if you if you have a more personal connection already, your prospecting um, has or your you know your referral has established a certain rapport, and so that can kind of either make or break it. But let's just say, for instance, like you said, it's a Zillow okay lead. Okay, so with a Zillow lead, typically, guys, what's going to happen is, and we strongly recommend buying into Zillow for your lead generation because that's what's going to turn the fastest. As in, by the time they're calling you from Zillow, they already know that they want to buy a house and more than likely they plan on making an offer on a home like within the next few weeks. Typically, you'll have people that have been shopping for a while, but if they're reaching out to someone, it's because they're very interested in a specific house or a few homes, but normally there's this one that they have their heart set on and they've got to see it now. So that's the first thing that happens. So that's first contact. Um, The way that it works with this is the first thing you do is if you have a good CRM and uh, already like have established a um, basically like a... Can you, can you explain uh, what a CRM is? Yes. Okay. So a CRM is a customer relations management. So that's anything from a standard spreadsheet on Google Sheets, and you can use that. That's something where if a Zillow lead comes in, it automatically filters into your spreadsheet, which you can set up in a few different ways. Two, having something like top producer, follow-up boss, a very smart CRM. And I, and I don't recommend – I wouldn't consider, consider an Excel – program no a crm but that's Although, still basic very basic but a crm is basically a place where where 
you can have all your contacts and all the information on, and all the communication in one spot. Yes. And you can also set up email marketing for your agents. Now, a true... For real, your... Um, for you, for buyer. Your, yeah, for yeah. your buyers and sellers. And a true CRM will be something that will start a drip campaign for you guys. So this plays in very much to that first contact again. So let's just say for all intents and purposes, we started with Zillow mm -hmm. and that Zillow automatically got sent into your follow-up boss because that's what we use and it is amazing. Follow-up boss is like the best CRM to use. What happens with it is it sends in and you already have certain uh, filters prepared. We won't get too much into it, but basically saying that if it comes from Zillow, then it'll automatically send out a text message to that person saying, Hey, how's it going? We see that you're interested in this property and we would love to help you. Are you free to talk now? So with Zillow, one of the things that you have to keep in mind is you have to be ready to go right away. So if they say, yeah, I'd really like to see this property, you have to be ready to go call them if it's within your, you know, within your uh, farming area or niche. Um, and so once they send a text message back or what have you, you know, then you're starting to establish a rapport. You're immediate. You're right there. And buyers really like that, especially, again, if it's coming from Zillow. They like that you're contacting them right away. They didn't have to wait too long. I had a lot of people from Zillow say, wow, that was really fast. I literally just put the you know contact in. And what is also good to know, guys, if it's coming from Zillow and they started shopping already, they may have actually clicked on a few agents. And they don't, you know, buyers don't really differentiate between you or anyone else until they really get to know you. Yeah, and a lot of times these are first-time home buyers, so they don't necessarily know or understand the process or even what a real estate agent does. Right. Or the uh, the the agreement that they're going to have with you once you start showing their homes. They don't really understand that, okay, if I start showing you properties, you can't go make an offer on that same property with another agent. So they don't understand that. Um, and nor a lot of times they don't really care. They just want to see it. They just want somebody who's ready and available. So with Zillow, they are, uh, the kind of buyer that you have to be prepared. If you're buying into that area, either you have somebody who's on your team, who's ready to help them a showing agent, or if you're a single agent, you're ready to go ahead and make moves. Okay. This is where your online presence comes into play a lot too, because as soon as you send them information, you should be sending them your website your name and saying, Hey, all, all of your social media profiles. Exactly. In the meantime, look me up. And that's why it's good to have the same handle for every social media mm -hmm. uh, that you have even added and included on LinkedIn in your profile. So that way, when they just put that handle in, they find you everywhere. And so it's like, Oh, okay. I'm working with this agent. That's awesome. Yep. So that's the first thing. Um, after that happens, the initial phone call can go a few different ways, but uh, the most optimal way I would say is you call them, you establish a relationship, you make them feel really at ease because again, a lot of these people may be first time home buyers, especially if they're looking on Zillow and they don't already have an agent that they've partnered with before. So you're saying, Hey, how's it going? Mm -hmm. I just want to find out as much as I can about you. So you're basically getting them to open up with them. Don't just lead it and say, here's me. This is why I'm awesome. This is why you want to work with me. Let's go see this house right now. So you're, so you're saying, Hey, got, I, I got this lead in. Um, how are you doing? My name is Deandrea yeah. with follow me realty or whoever. Well, you're saying, you're saying, Hey, how's it going? I see that you're interested in this listing. So while you're talking to them, if you haven't done it already before you call and I, I suggest calling them before you go doing 15 minutes of research because by that point with the Zillow lead, you may have lost them. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't over... Analysis and that's with, by... Or um, paralysis by... Is it, yeah, paralysis by analysis. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think that's the that's way to it. say it. And another thing is the same kind of goes with cold calling. Don't go research that person into the ground until you get yourself so psyched up that you don't call that person. So it's kind of the same concept. Yeah, don't look at their face. Oh, I don't like their face. Or uh, they look they like look they're going to hang up on me. Yeah, yeah, don't, yeah. don't do that. And, and you know, we, I've, I've we're done, saying I've this because we've done it. <laughs> yeah. We've both done yeah. it <laughs> a lot well, of times. I don't know um, this guy right here. Yeah, know. so you just got to just boom, 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 get him on the phone. So that's the first thing you do. You call him, say, hey, listen, I see that you're interested in this listing. And so we all know that sometimes Zillow doesn't update right away. So you're hoping that the listing is already available, but you don't want to immediately start giving them any like negative information about it. Like, Oh, it's already pending and everything in that area is pending and it's a seller's market and anything like that. So you're basically saying, 
absolutely. Let me check it for you. So while I'm talking to you, tell me what are you looking for? And one of the first questions you want to ask, and you don't have to bombard them with this question, but just make it very clear is, hey, are you already working with the agent? So how better yet, instead of asking a yes or no question, say, okay, so who's the last agent that showed you a property? Or what's the name of your agent? I used to use that a lot. Yeah, what's the, what's the name oh. of your agent? And all of, and, and basically they'd say, oh, I'm working with, with, Su, with Susie J. Or they'd be like, oh, I and guess no you, one. And then you can be, okay, well, great. Exactly. Let me, let me, let me go and represent, represent you. Mm-hmm. Um, however you did it. So you know? what I would say to them is, oh, you're not working with anyone okay? Because sometimes it will kind of catch them off guard, which is what you want. You want them to answer you honestly. So they'll normally ask, answer you honestly and say, oh, well, I'm not, uh, I'm actually not working with anyone. I haven't seen any homes. And that's when you take the opportunity to say, okay, that's perfect. I don't want to step on anyone's toes. So I just want to see, um, but I'd be happy to show you this property and really any other house that you're looking for. So let's go ahead and take and, a look. And that's how you get in the door. Right? Exactly. That's and, where you get your home. And then, um, a real, a really good realtor told me one time, she said that, um, and, and she actually, she does pretty good. She sells a lot. She said, she said that she assumes the position as their realtor. Yeah. So mentally, I guess once you make that that click, mm-hmm. that step, you can assume the position as their realtor. Right, and it's the best thing to do because as soon as you, the sooner you control the call and you're confident on that call, and that's something we'll talk about later too. But the sooner you you just establish yourself as their realtor, they'll feel comfortable with you because you've already taken the lead and say, all right, let me go ahead and guide you and hold your hand. And let's go ahead and do this, you know, and of course you're not saying that, but that's kind of how you're presenting yourself. So you give them as much information on that first call as possible. Don't give them any reason to doubt. Don't give them any reason to feel like they have to go anywhere else and get educated outside of talking to you. Any question they have, find out while you're on the phone. Yeah, let me find out. And then again, if you can't call your broker. Yeah, exactly. You call your broker, and if I'm your broker, then you're in really good hands because then you can just snap me really quick or send a you know send a message saying, hey, I have a, somebody on the phone. Can you help me? And then you know we help you. And that's essentially what you need as a new agent. So, but the more that you do this, the more you won't need that, and you'll be able to kind of just spit out the information because you'll be using kind of a script of sorts yeah. every time. And you're just gonna you know it's like anything. Yeah. So step one: establish the rapport by immediate contact. Okay, step two is providing so much information that you become invaluable because you guys, you would be amazed how many agents out there rest on their laurels and say, ah, they called me, I'm good, I don't really need to do much. But that's actually not the case. I've heard many times from buyers saying, you know, I was working with this agent and I guess they just kind of gave up on me. And this wasn't necessarily a difficult buyer, at least not with me. They just there was an agent who, if they didn't like a house in like, you know, three or four homes and the agent kind of said, okay, well, they're not serious and they just left them. But yeah. for me, I'm like, well, and, and don't, and people have things that happen all the time. So yeah. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't ever, if I was an agent and I happened, don't assume that, that they're ditching you or that they don't want to work with you. A lot of times people's lives get in the way. Right. Someone, you know, someone got sick. I got to go to mom's, um, anniversary whatever yeah but when it comes to real estate that can very well is as, as harsh as it sounds it could very well lose you a sale so the point is getting in contact with them very quickly and knowing what someone wants by asking as many questions as possible before you start spitting your whole pitch ask them questions first what are they doing this for and and you can do it in a really non-invasive way mm-hmm. in a way that you're just like talk, act as if you're talking to an old you have friend. an accent i noticed you're from New York. Yeah. I'm joking. <laughs> no, actually, you know, Drew's really There's good. There's a about lot of this. New Yorkers in, in Florida. I so. used to love going on, especially the initial showings with Drew. And here's why, guys. Like, I'm Mrs. Real Estate, right? But when I first started, I was more about the numbers and spreadsheets and let me give you all this information. But I did it kind of sometimes in a like robotic Dry, way. Yeah. Yeah. Robot. I'm just like, why don't you just get this? I'm kind of a nerd. Drew would come in and say, oh, yeah, I see. You know, they'd be wearing a ball cap and they're like, Ah, uh, you're from Chicago. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry about the Bears because he's a Packers fan. 
And so there you go right there. He's establishing a rapport and he immediately would loosen up the, the guy or even sometimes the girl. And it was awesome because then you just, they let their guards down like immediately. So having that kind of balance to understand and you know, guys, if you have a really awesome partner that is willing to go on some showings with you sometimes or open house, that's such a good thing. I mean, we were always tag teaming that aspect with, so that's the, so the second thing is again, answer, asking as many questions as you can, as you can, and then providing a lot of value through the information that you're giving. Okay. So you, you get the first call, right? On Zillow. Mm -hmm. And you're getting ready to go show them the house. You, you know, you made the phone call and all that stuff. And they're saying, hey, I want, to see, I want to see this house in 32801, 32828. And you're like, great, I'm on it. Then what? What happens after that? For an agent, what you want to do right then and there is set the tone and say, okay, so I'm really glad you like, guys like this house. And they're probably going to be interested and say, hey, can you show me five others? That's when you stop and say, absolutely. Okay, so this is what I want to do. I want to walk you guys through what we're going to do he from here. This is kind of how it works. And again, you're doing this at the house because you want to get it in as quickly as possible. You don't want to prolong it. You let them know kind of your, what the, what to expect during the process, what you're going to need from them for their lender or, or whatever. And all of that stuff. And also a very important part is the buyer broker agreement saying, okay guys. So also one of the things that my office requires is a buyer broker agreement. Now this is where it can get kind of controversial because a lot of agents may feel differently about this, but I'll tell you, it's very good to have a buyer broker agreement because it basically establishes in, a, in paperwork, you're working with me, I'm working with you, there's no other parties involved, but you have it in writing. A lot of times you don't necessarily have to enforce it, but it's good to have it in writing because they know that you're serious and also that they're not going to go call a whole bunch of other agents. And kind of feel them out. Like you, you right. may not need that or it may not be even be a good idea mm -hmm. to, for, for certain um, clients. But I know what I used to see you do that used to work really good. And you said, hey, listen, I'm going to be showing you homes. Can you please sign this buyer broker's agreement? If you don't want to work with me, that's fine. But this is more to protect me and you. So if another realtor comes and this and that, we at least have this paperwork. Right. And I would also, I would always tell people to like, especially if we had a meeting beforehand and say, okay, guys, listen. Here's a buyer broker agreement. Take it home. See if you like it. You don't have to sign it before the first showing. If you like me, I like you, everything's good, then, you know, no reason not to sign it. If you feel like, hey, I'm just not into this, then you just let me know. But just take it home. I always said, take it home. You know, it was kind of like a an afterthought. And that's how I acted like Yeah, it was. and then you used to say, hey, listen, you used to make make it clear like hey i'm not gonna enforce this if you don't want to work with me that's fine yeah i would always say I, you can tear it up for all you know if you just say listen i found another agent i like better i always let them know you're not contracted to me you know like who hate <laughs> who hates being in a relationship with someone saying but you said you would be with me forever yeah but so. it, it will protect you though um yeah. if if uh you have a client Who's in new construction, for instance? New construction, and then uh, sometimes that's required yeah, we, with we, builders. We lost a few clients um, because we didn't have that. We had uh, right. the um, one of our agent. I forget it was like Christmas night or something. I forgot. One of our clients went to another house and put in an offer with the selling agent, and that was that. <laughs> we didn't have a buyer's broker's and, agreement, and oh, that was that. Oh, that was New Year's. I remember. It was now. New Year's. Broke my heart because yeah. it was one of my very first deals. And, you know, to be honest with you guys, though, I didn't, I broke one of my own cardinal rules that I didn't have at the time, um, which is he wanted to see, so our buyer wanted to see the house. He had gotten pre-approved from my lender and he was ready to go. But it was the day before New Year's Eve and I said, ah, he can wait till after New Year's. Yeah. And I wasn't out of town. I had every reason to go and meet with him and he said can you and I said well can we do it after New Year's or whatever and again this is when that whole kind of strike while the iron is hot and he was yeah, from Zillow for sure. so actually he was a he was a call-in lead to our brokerage so I really should have acted and they they're a lot they're very similar to a Zillow where if you have a call-in lead to your brokerage 
That's true. Because they're, they're, they're ready to go. They're yeah. ready to go. It's the same thing. That's true. Yeah. yeah. And so I should have been all over it. He had a pre-approval for quite a bit of mouth, you know. So anyway, we lost it. I tried to call the buyer's agent and say, no. You know, hey, this is my client. Was, and she said, do you have a buyer broker's agreement? And I didn't. All I had was a pre-approval. And, she's, and she pretty much said, well, tough shit. She actually, she, that's pretty And she was nasty talk. about it. And she loved it. She yeah. gloated. And the thing is, like, there was literally nothing I could do. So it hurts. You know, it, it yeah, but you know yeah. that Trial that was a, that was a mistake. And that was that we one of those from. agents that I should have immediately, or one of those uh, buyers that I should have gone out right away and showed them the house, and then I would have had the agreement signed, and everything would have been good. You go out to the first, you go out, you show them the home. Let's say that you don't you don't put in the offer. Okay, they 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 see the home, they're like ah, I don't really like the home. And most of the time, that's what'll happen. Yeah, the ideal. I mean. If you, if you get someone that said, you know, this is my house, let's put a contract in, mm-hmm. that's really awesome. Yeah. Cherish those moments. But let's, let, let's say... <laughs> it's like the great yeah. white buffalo. <laughs> yeah, great white buffalo. Let's say that didn't happen. Okay. So, hey, you know what? House is not for me for whatever reason. What do you do next? They go home. Mm-hmm. You go home. What's next? So by this point, you should already have them. Before you actually go show the house, you should have them on an MLS listing. So before okay. you walk out of the house, get off the phone, put them on a, a, on a list to show other so, homes. So, so okay, so put them on a list. So, so you're getting all this information to put them on the list bef- uh, on the initial phone call. You're yes. saying, hey, I, what would you like? You want a garage? You don't want a garage? Yeah, and a is lot of times, talking? yeah. Okay. But what will happen sometimes is Zillow buyers will go, I just want to see this house. I just want to see this house. And it's like, okay, that's fine. So you know what you do, guys? What you do is you put them on a list of similar homes to the house you're seeing right now. And as much as they say, ah, I don't want this. But then when they go to see the house, they're like, you know, this isn't actually what we're looking for. It's not in the right school zone or whatever it is, you know. Then they're really happy that you started a list. And what they'll do is they'll come back and say, hey, you know what? Um, I like the list that you sent me. Can you customize it to do X. The point is you started them on a list. You got them going. You got them excited. So now it's kind of, you know, it's like and, one of those And for people that things. don't know what a list is or they're new, can you kind of break that down? Yeah. So, and it's basically a, an email that your clients will get that layout criteria. So they want a 3-2 under 240 single family home and 3-2-8-2-4 Meadowoods, right? And so you're putting them on as specific as you can get uh, a list of homes and if they say they want to see everything show them everything and this is all active listings if they want really specifics then you just give them specifics and so you try to narrow it down as much as possible and based on the feedback that they'll give you because I mean they will immediately your buyers will immediately start sending you emails saying hey actually I'm I don't want to see homes in X area or you know can you lower the price point or up the price point or what have you um, and you just do it really quickly and it's a really easy thing to do. So most MLS systems will have an automatic email that goes out anytime there's a updated listing, uh, a new active listing that comes on the market, a new home, then it'll send it out to them. And so it's like a drip campaign that is on automation, um, just full of homes. Okay. That's exactly what I wanted you to answer was well, the, MLS, the MLS thing. Because that confused me when I when I first started buying homes. What? The MLS. Why? I don't know. When I first got out of, out of the military uh-huh. and I went to go buy my first home, my agent put me on, on, on the search list and I don't know, I was confused by it. So You were confused that you were getting emails? Yeah. I was like, why, is this, why am I getting emails? Oh, well, I mean, and then you also tell them the initial email will almost always say, hey, listen, here's your own portal to access these listings based on the criteria that you gave me. So what I used to put in a subject line, because sometimes buyers will want more than one type of homes to be sent to them, or maybe more than one, but they don't want it all in the same list. And so you say, hey, here are the homes in this area. Here are the single family homes in this area. So you just let them know ahead of time. Okay. So now you, you've established a, a rapport, per se. Um, you made a good first impression. You showed them the, the first house. They said, eh. Put them on the list before you even showed them the showed them the house. Yeah. Showed them the house. Mm-hmm. They go home. You go home. Now what? Now is the time where the whole showing 
aspect begins and this can last I mean anywhere from maybe a few weeks to sometimes not ideally but a few months it just depends normally people are ready to kind of especially in Florida in Central Florida they're ready to pull the trigger rather quickly so if they find a thing they're looking for so although you're putting them on this email list you're also on the other end um, you're kind of narrowing a few homes out and don't be surprised guys when they're still going to Zillow sending you screenshots and saying what about this one you didn't send me that home what's up with that and that house might be pending and they think that you're holding out on them so again you're being really objective you just send them the information as it comes you're really there just to kind of be like that Q&A person whatever information they ask for you give it to them and if they don't already have a pre-approval then you're letting them know, hey, you're going to need this pre-approval. You're going to need this pre-approval. Um, and you do this in the kindest of ways. So I would say one of the following. Some people don't want to get a pre-approval, which is, in my opinion, you have to have it. During that second showing and every showing after that, you either have to have proof of funds or you have to have a pre-approval. There's really no way around it because if you if they're not willing to do a pre-approval, you have to wonder why. What, so, what if they say, hey, my family has money? If they say your family has money, that's perfect. So you have one of two things, pre-approval or buyer broker agreement. And again, you guys can take this with a grain of salt and say, oh, I can't do that because I don't want to lose this client. You should not think like that. Oh, yeah, if you're you should not think about, about losing. losing. Yeah, yeah. Don't think about winning. Don't yeah. think about losing. Well, if you're worried about losing one client, then you don't have enough people in your database and you need to start prospecting. Yeah. More. That's for definitely uh, another podcast. But still, I firmly believe you either need a buyer broker agreement saying, hey, we're working together. But that still doesn't guarantee that they can buy a home, but it's some kind of assurance, right? Yeah. And then, or you have your pre-approval. I'd say at least one or the other, but optimal circumstances is you have a pre-approval or again, if they, um, if they're cash, then, you know, you kind of got to feel that person out and see how they are and just know for yourself. It's going to be a lot of intuition with real estate. It's like dating. I say this all the time. Real estate is a lot like dating. You have to kind of feel out the vibes of the people. If you feel like they're really skittish, there's probably a reason why. It might be you, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it might just be that they're skittish because they know they can't afford it and I've had those situations. Yeah, but don't think it's you. I mean, if it, you know, go back and do the checklist. Yeah. Was I confident? Did I show them the homes that I sent? Did I provide yeah, the information they asked know, for? So, and you'll know really quickly. Yeah, so, you know, before you think it's you, go back and yeah. check yourself and make sure that it's not you. And if it's not you, hey. Then it's time to start. Houston, we have your, a problem. Putting some big boy pants on or big girl pants on and saying, hey, guys, listen, you trust me as your agent, right? And I'll, I'm going to share just a quick story. Okay. I had a buyer who really wanted to see a lot of houses, and she was so sweet. Um, she wouldn't get a pre-approval. No matter how many times my lender called her, she would not talk to him. So I leveled with her one night, and I said, hey, listen, and I'm not going to name any names, but I said, you had, she had like three kids, and they were all going to move in with her. And so I, I just called her and said, you have kids. I have kids. I just want you to understand that I'm showing you a lot of homes, and I just want to know that I'm the agent you're going to be working with. I said, I'm sure you can understand this is my livelihood. Now, I have never had to pull out this card before until this time. But she was a mom, and I could level with her on that, on that, you know, uh, on that level and say, I understand you don't want to get a pre-approval because you're not, because I, I kind of knew at that point that she wasn't sure. She was really scared. She wasn't sure if she was even going to be able to see home, uh, be a pre-approved, but she really wanted to see homes. And I said, all I need to know is within the next two weeks, can you do me a favor from a mom to a mom? Can you get a pre-approval? And she immediately was like, you know what? I totally understand because Again, I explained, it's kind of my livelihood. This is really like pulling out all the stops sort of thing. And she did. She got it. And unfortunately, she didn't get pre-approved. But the thing is, I was lending my time so much that she referred me to so many other people. So that really helped. And but again, too, if, if they don't get pre-approved, you know, a lot of people are afraid of, of, they're afraid of bad news, you know? Yeah. And they're like, oh my God, what happens if I have to wait two years? I want my house now. Right. Blah, blah, blah. Well, this well, was a buyer who wanted to go out every single day. 
for yeah. months on end. So I had to get her to level with me. So that way, and then once it did, you know, once she got it, she was denied and we had to kind of end it right there. I, I refer to a, a property management company for a rental. But the thing is you have to feel that person out. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so let's say this is great. You know, we're, we're buying, we're showing homes now. Okay. Um, the question I have for you is, um, we're past this little stage, right? And we're, and we're starting to show homes. Um, do you, what do you do when you, when you start showing more homes? Like, you, you know, you, you're with them now for about maybe a week. Mm-hmm. You know, you're showing three homes a day or three, maybe three homes every other day, three homes a week, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Is the process the same? Are you hanging out with them more? Are you talking, are you talking to them more? Are you being more personable with them when you're, when you're doing these showings? Um, what's that like? Well, for the showing process, that whole thing is, is the best way to do this. And this really, this is whether it's a Zillow lead or this is a word of mouth referral. It really, at this point, you should have kind of like that standard or that, uh, that level playing field is the best way for me to say it, where you're showing homes, you guys have established a rapport enough where they keep coming back to you, right? So when you're showing the homes, yes, you're being professional above all else, but you're also really easygoing and talking to them. Um, you uphold the same standards as if you're a camera was on you at all times, you know, what the kind of conversations that you're having is, very, you know, like, let me give you the information for the house or whatever, but you're being very personable, as personable as you possibly can be, because that's what real estate is about. Um, you've already set the standard of time, so you should have put yourself and them on a schedule to say, hey, okay, so I can show you homes on these days at this time. Does that work for you? And I'll always ask them, does that work for you? Is that something that's going to work out? So you're setting your standard while also leaving the door open for them to say, okay, actually, yeah, I get off at five. This would be perfect. And so you've already said that. Once you're showing the homes, uh, a rule of thumb is to not follow them around in every room. Let them Got it. see it. So let's say you are showing a single guy. He's not living with anybody else. He has a lot of questions during the showing process, then maybe you're walking with him because he's asking you questions. But if this is like a couple and they have kids and they want to see the house and kind of feel themselves inside Gotcha. It, and they're you, discussing between themselves. Exactly. Like, hey, honey, what do you and think about not, this room? Blah, yeah. Blah, what, whatever the case may be. You're not your two cents every five seconds. You're very hands-off. Some people just really want to look around. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm one of those people that if you follow me around a store, I'm going to say, could you please back up? Or at least I'm thinking it. And I'm like, let me shop because I already know what I want. I have tunnel vision. So a lot of people are like that. You have to feel your people out and just kind of see what they like and what they're into. Um, and so that's the best thing to do just to be really perceptive when you're showing the homes. So the showing home process is um, the if you're really good at what you do and you should always be honing in on what they want, then you can narrow those showings down pretty quickly because you're not going to keep going seeing house after house that doesn't work because then you can start narrowing down. Okay, that's right because they really don't want a kitchen that small. So God, you're they, letting them They off. don't like this size backyard. Right. Gotcha. Or I definitely know they don't want to be that close to the power line seeing behind their house because they keep saying that with every home that they choose. Oh, God. Look at those power lines. And that happens a few... That actually happened and a few you times know, with me. For all the new agents out there, you're going to be surprised. You know, people have <laughs> their, the have their, have their pet peeves. So like your pet peeve, completely different from, you know, maybe someone from Minnesota yeah. or, or wherever. It, it's pretty, it's pretty funny. It's like, wow, that, that bothers you. But you yeah. know, everyone's so different. So you're not judging anyone based on your own or measuring them based on your own yardstick. You're, you're doing it based on what they're telling you. So you're constantly collecting data. So keep your ears and eyes wide open. And a lot of times your mouth shut unless yeah, they're asking that, you that's questions. That's true. That's true. That's what I learned yeah. because the more I talked the more I sometimes would, you know, dig myself a hole in the beginning, not knowing that what they really want is you to just listen to what they want, even though, yeah, they, you know, that's true. they may not necessarily say it. If you, uh, another rule of thumb for showing homes, if you don't know the answer, don't say something that might end up coming to bite you in the ass later. Okay. Just say, you know, I'm not sure, but let me find out for you. 
I had a buyer once ask me, she said, you know, oh, the, the insurance on this home, how much is a homeowner insurance typically in this house? And I was brand new and I said, uh, I don't know actually. And she's like, well, how much do you pay in homeowner's insurance? And I wasn't a homeowner at the time. And for some reason, I guess because she was a cash buyer and it was um, a higher price point than I was used to at the time, it scared me. It kind of intimidated me and I felt like I had to act like I was a homeowner, for instance. When at the time we were renting, we didn't own our home yet. So I just said, ah, you know, I don't know, let me find out. But it, it, don't let certain circumstances intimidate you if you genuinely don't know. And say, you know what, let me find out. Oh, well, how much do you pay? I don't pay. I don't pay homeowner insurance. It, it, whatever it is, just don't feel like, okay, yeah, now I have to put on this persona. Just because you're a real estate agent doesn't necessarily mean that you have to own a home. And so that's just one of the scenarios that you just say, hey, I don't know, but let me find out for you. And as soon as you can, you find out the information for them. All right. So we've, we've, we've shown a few homes, pre-approval, Zillow phone call went beautiful, beautiful all, that, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, we find the house we love. Yes. All right. Hey, DeAndrea, I love this house. This is my kid's house. This is my house. What do you do? So, let's say now, yeah, they really want to make an offer on the house. By this point, you already know that at least the credentials as far as finances and all that stuff, they can do it. They can basically match with the, what the seller is looking for. So the next step is letting them know, okay, no worries. I'm going to find out as much information as I can from the listing agent. You call the listing agent, you kind of, and we talked about this on how to negotiate the sale before. You're calling the listing agent and you're basically doing the whole schmoozing thing like, hey, you know, they really like the house and we'd love to ask more questions because they can see themselves here. They want to go ahead and make an offer. So you just let them know off the bat. They do want to go ahead and make an offer. So we want to ask them questions. It's good to tell a listing agent they want to go ahead and make an offer because it gives them... Their some ears incentive. perk up. Exactly. That's They're true. excited. Ears so instead of you up. asking 20 questions with no intention on making an offer, you're telling them right away, yep, they want to go ahead and make an offer. So they're like, okay, they're willing to comply. So from that, you're breaking away from the buyer aspect and you're going to the listing agent. You're getting what you can out of that, right? So let's say everything goes well. You give the information. You tell the buyers, hey, this is the situation. Let's go ahead and see about me. Or let's go ahead and make an offer. So sometimes you'll have buyers who are apprehensive because they're like, are we really going to do this? <laughs> oh, I don't know if we're going to do this. And then they get really whoa, nervous whoa. and they say, yeah, let me think on it. If that happens, guys, say, sure, no problem. Let me know. Hey, just a heads up. This is what's happening. So if there are other offers on the table, let them know. If there are not any other offers, that's fine. You don't, don't say that there are if they're not. Do not push the buyer into making an offer. Guys, that's one of the worst things you can do. You think you're doing yourself uh, a favor by doing that because you're like, oh, they're going to lose it if they don't or I really want to stop showing homes. Don't do that. Well, if you, yeah. If you so, want to stop showing homes, you shouldn't have been in real estate. Basically. Yeah. So from there, you say, okay, no problem. But they're, if they're like, hey, yeah, okay, we want to go ahead and make the, the offer. So this is where, you know, uh, uh, writing the offer should be like really fast. As soon as they say they're ready to go, you should be using a really good transaction management system where they're automatically filling in all the information on the contract. You could do it from your phone and you send it to them right away. The Boom. sooner you can do yep. it, the better. If they say yes and they give you the go ahead, go send it as soon as possible. Yep. Don't, don't, let, don't let time fuel the paranoia. So the offer process is basically just get that, get it signed, send it over and go from there. And then you're, you know, then you just see what happens from there on their end and just let them, you know. Okay. So, the, so we're, so this is an ideal world. Mm -hmm. Offer gets accepted. Clap, clap. Everyone's yep. happy. Right. What do we do now? Right. So you send them an email to say, Hey, this is what's to expect from here. And you want to lay it out as basic as possible in layman's terms. So, you know, here's what we're going to do from here. And this is what I'm going to take care of. So instead of them saying, you saying, you have to do this and you have to do this and you have to do this, just laying it out in a way that's just like, okay, so this is what 
this is what's going to happen and this is what I take care of. So on this date, make sure that you have this going forward. And then you let them know that in a phone call as well, saying, okay, just expect that this is going to happen. Um, There's a lot of paperwork involved, right? So basically, once the contract gets accepted, right? Right. You, you know, you, you have a lot, a lot of paperwork from the lending side. Oh, and, yeah. Um, from the buyer side. You have to schedule the inspection. You have to wait for the appraisal to come back. The title company on their end is doing stuff for the seller's end. So there's a lot of stuff involved. There are a few contingencies that you have to get through. And just keeping your buyer updated as much as possible and not ever feeling stressed. So when you start to feel them get stressed, that's when you kind of get really low key and say it's okay because you're there to kind of be that uh, sometimes sounding board, not for them to necessarily complain every five seconds. You really are. You're so much <laughs> yeah. more than a real estate yeah. agent. You know, you're a friend. You are a uh, negotiator for them. You've got their back. And so at this point, this is when your real estate skills really come into play more than just showing the homes. You are making sure that the process goes as smooth as possible, at least seemingly. And this is, once it gets under contract, there's so much involved. Yeah. So much involved. So could you give me an example of, you know, maybe one, without naming any names, one of your buyers that was just calling you every other day, freaking out. Oh my gosh, I could give a thousand. Yeah, well, can you just kind of give give the you know the examples and maybe the check marks of what to expect on mm -hmm. uh, on a lot of first time home buyers? So I'm gonna give you guys an example of uh, someone who, and they were such a lovely couple. They had the husband had purchased a home before, but the wife, and this was his second wife, she had never bought a home before, Love so the she was. Wife. <laughs> and she was much younger. Um, so she had never purchased a home before, so she had tons of questions. And they ended up actually backing out of one of the initial contracts that they had because they felt like it was going to be too much in their mortgage payment, which is really interesting because the second home that they purchased um, was maybe $50 less per month. And so that's another thing that, for me, it was kind of hard to wrap my head around because I'm like, guys, you got to... Look at the mortgage payments. I mean, that's $50 extra per month for this amazing updated home versus one that's in, you know, under construction. And they ended up going for the one that had needed a lot of TLC. But it was their decision. So even though I'm thinking, what the hell? It didn't matter. Yeah, all that mattered was yeah. it's not what they yeah. wanted. And a lot all of head scratchers. It's okay though. And I, it's just, it's yeah. hard even as I'm thinking about it, thinking, why? But why? I think that I remember that. So, I think I think I remember that. It one. was so perfect. Yeah. And the, uh, and the listing was with my own brokerage, too, so I knew that they'd be in good hands. But anyway, uh, the second home that they went under contract with. So there were a few things that arose. They weren't really big things, but it, it was uh, worth a lot of phone calls to me. So we went through the inspection process. And I always recommend ha partnering with your own home inspector because it makes the situation easier. The communication about the inspection report easier with the buyers too. If they're very gung-ho on finding their own inspector, although that's, that's their decision, that's one of those things where I really try to set the standard with clients. To say, if you hey, follow listen. us on Twitter, I actually have some funny tweets about that very thing. <laughs> about yeah, Basically, if they come in with their and their their own home their inspector, own home inspector that they've never used that before. they never used before. Hey, shit's de gonna happen. Deal's probably gone. Yeah, basically. Actually, yeah, <laughs> and it's funny because one actually the second contract I ever went under, the buyers insisted on their own home inspector. They refused to use the one that we loved and knew and and trusted really trusted. Yeah. At least our team did anyway, and I went with another experienced agent on the inspection the guy was like an hour late and he just pointed every little thing out to our buyers which and they were all really standard things and the other there, agent yeah, but there's there's here's the thing with the inspections they're standard things like okay this hair this hair this hair but the guy was selling it to them like it was the end oh of the it's world. horrible oh you gotta come look at this like the whole time oh and the other agent i was with he just shook his head and he said Hey, in case you haven't realized by now, the deal's gone. <laughs> and I said, why? And he said, well, look what's happening. And he said, so that's one of those things that 
you really do have to set the standard with your buyers to say, listen, I have your best interest at heart. There's no scheming good, to have yeah. to be had. I have an excellent inspector that will give me the actual information, probably more than any other inspector because he knows me and my standard. So if you put it to them like that, then they're like, okay, I want to use who you're using, you know? And again, the more uh, information, more value you're providing, the more they'll trust you with everything that you say. So that's the angle, right? But the, anyway, so the contract that we had with the specific house, um, they had a lot of questions. Uh, the, they had a conditional loan approval, which is what you get right before you're going to close. Maybe like a week before you close, you get your loan approval, right? But we had a conditional loan approval, which basically was contingent upon our buyer sending the tax returns again. And just hearing that, Although the husband was fine, he was like, okay, sounds pretty standard. The wife, again, first time home buyer, she panicked. She said, <laughs> but we sent this information. That's so funny. I don't understand. And she yeah. seemed like you, she was hyperventilating. Yeah. And me, I, I really had to work on my patience as a new agent and say, you know, instead of going, dude, chill out. It's fine. I said, hey, listen. Do you want to see the house again? Because this is, again, this is a week before closing. She started panicking. And I said, it's fine. You know, everything's good. It's just something you have to resend. She's like, but we sent it already. What does this mean? And so I said, listen, do you want to go and see means the house? means you're going to die. <laughs> it's all Don't say over. that. Don't say that, by the way. So I got her excited again because thankfully the house is actually right down the street from where I live and right from where she lives. So I was like, why don't we just go take a look at the house again? So I got her excited again. And she's like, okay. This is my house. I'm going to get this. And I kept telling her, just visualize. You know this is your house. It's not a big deal. And again, what may not seem like a big deal to us, um, because you, it's old hat, you're always dealing with it. For them, this is everything. And yeah, so you have to true. understand that. This is their first purchase. And again, we're saying if it is a first-time home buyer, which a lot of times uh, with Zillow especially, it is, and given the price point. So that was what happened with her. They had a conditional loan approval. The inspection was okay, a little bit rocky, but everything that happened, she kind of panicked and called me the entire time. Yeah, and I, I really I, wanted I to be this. like, I need you to leave me alone because I have like 15 other clients. But you can't say that. You have to say, hey, listen, I'll get to you when I can. And a lot of times you have to just repeat yourself over and over. No problem, I'll get to it when I can. No problem, I'll get to it when I can. So, yeah, that was an interesting one. <laughs> All right, so... Everything goes great, okay, or maybe not great. Maybe it's maybe it's pretty rocky. <laughs> you know, you you you, you, you help them through the process after the, after the contract is signed. Um, what's next? So after that, let's just say they're if it's finance, the loan is approved, and you're gonna go to the closing table. You get the clear to close. Yay! So we're all here. You have the clear to close, and everything is wrapped up. So as an agent. Uh, what you're doing now is just preparing all of the, you know, you have the title company main, mainly preparing all the documents and the lender, but you're preparing the buyers on what to expect, which at this point it's just, hey, this is what you bring to the closing table, which is really minimal, your IDs essentially. Um, and then you go to closing. From there, it's really kind of a breeze. Once you get that clear to close, it's such a huge relief for everyone. Um, but after that, after you close, you're sending them. Oh, and it's always good, guys, to get them a housewarming gift. You know, a closing gift is really nice. It it, it does leave a lasting impression for your clients. Yeah, bottle of wine. I always give wine. Wine. Don't give wine to an ex-alcoholic. Yeah, that wouldn't be good. And if it's like a million-dollar buyer and up, honestly, just depending uh, on the price point, I would even be inclined to help them with something a little more major like it would be awesome to get them maybe a gift certificate for u-haul take us <laughs> to the magic game something awesome you know otherwise again a bottle of wine you can't really go wrong with adult buyers um and that's the gist of it now what happens after closing is you're what i would do is have some kind of drip campaign going out where it's kind of like a weekly thing for the first month like Hey, hope you guys are doing well let me know if you have any questions and can you can you uh briefly explain drip campaigns so, yeah, the drip campaign is something that you can start on a lot of different places. So, again, we talked about follow-up boss where you basically have this automated email that goes out and it's called an action plan where follow-up boss will automatically send out emails. You can do it during the pros uh, the prospecting phase, during, um, after, you know, for follow-up or really anytime you set it up and you can 
just start a plan based on that person. Or you can do it on MailChimp where if you're sending like email blasts to say, hey guys, open house this weekend and you're sending it to all your contacts, your LinkedIn contacts, your old clients, your new clients, your prospective clients. Um, there are a lot of different ways you so can ba- do email. Basically, code. automatic marketing emails for yourself to follow up and keep in contact yes. with your clients. Exactly. Gotcha. Yeah. And that's it. I mean, that's the whole rundown of what a closing looks like. Wow. I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. After talking about it. I need I'm more tired. wine. <laughs> yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm tired. I need another bottle. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm like, wow. That brought back a lot of Yeah, memories. I know. I'm like, I'm, I'm not feeling so good all, all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't say that. We're not going to I'm joking, you joking. But yeah, that's the gist, guys. I mean... I feel like I've been talking for a long time, but that's what it looks like to be a buyer's agent. Uh, and again, there are so many facets. There are so many ways, but that's kind of like the gist of how you would start from a Zillow prospecting to the closing table and then after that. And then pretty much, you know, Zillow and or, you know, maybe like a referral or someone else as far as it pertains to the buyer's agents, the process is all the same once you get past that initial conversation. So we just use the Zillow as an example. The beginning is a little bit different as far as how you're going to talk to them. Um, but it's all the same process once you get into showing the homes. Yeah, the main thing is just getting getting a rapport going in the very beginning. And then also there are some there are going to be some times that you have age uh Buyers where you have to set your standard really quickly where they might want to take a little bit too much of your time or you have people that are really hands off and they're really awesome and they're like, hey, let's I'm see I'm paying house. you six grand. You working for me 24-7. <laughs> oh, and I have had those buyers before and I've had to say, hey, well, this is what it is. So you just make sure that you have a really good hold on your time. And again, providing a lot of information. That's where your partners come to play really well, like a really good lender partner, a good title company on the seller's end, a yeah. good transaction coordinator, just good people, your dream team. And we should do a podcast on that about hiring your dream team, we like really? all the components. We haven't, and oh, we wow. should okay. definitely do gotcha. that next. Um, so this was part two. This was part or, one. This is part one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the con first contact. It, it's close. completely different um, from, for a seller. For, for, for the oh. seller, completely different. It's so different, and it actually will probably be a way shorter show. Mm, I don't know about that. It depends. Marketing and listing yeah, has a lot to do with it. A lot of jazz. Social branding is huge. Yeah, now. way more marketing on the uh, on the seller's end for sure. Yeah. So, guys, thank you so much for joining us. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast, and we will see you on part two of. First contact to close with the seller. We out.